Joseph. <clears throat> I have a warm feeling of nostalgia as soon as I see these beautiful names put together in one phrase. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph at the top of our every test paper, math and English and, and religion and everything else in, in grade school, in Catholic grade school, we would be marked off if we didn't have JMJ at the very top of the page. <laughs> you know how, how orderly those schools were and still are, how orderly. It brings order into life so that we can be at our best. You know, do you know what freedom is? Freedom is the discipline in one's life so one is free to do the very best things of life. Free because of the inner discipline and strength that's there. The orderliness that's there. And so I'm sure I got marked off, at least in the early years, a couple of times, for not having JMG at the top of the paper, probably a minus five or something like this out of scale of 100. <clears throat> and you had to have your name on the right side and probably the room number, because we had double eighth grades and double seventh grades and all that, probably <clears throat> the room number and the date, of course. And any one of those could, could lose you five points <laughs> before you even got to the math or the commentary on an English poem or something. <clears throat> so it, was a, it was a beautiful custom Beautiful castle. The nuns, nuns were, were all around. We had 17 nuns in the, in the school, a principal and six, you know, a nun in every eighth grade, every classroom. A beautiful time. A beautiful time. Today we have <clears throat> men and women dedicated, giving their life to the formation of young people in faith and in discipline. And the things that count so a person can be free to attack the world. And not cowardly and lay, laying back and wondering what life is all about. It, that wasn't for young people growing up in the life of the church. And it shall, still should not be. <clears throat> Today we also have, of course, Mary and Joseph here and presenting us their own example of obedience, of humility and obedience. To be obedient requires humility. Humility is the first thing that Jesus talks about in the Beatitudes. To be poor in spirit, to know that God is the greater one in one's life. And God is a lover and a creator and number one. And therefore, comes first. And when he comes first, then we don't come first. What's in it for me kind of thing. <clears throat> Heard me say that love is not in it for me, love. But what's in it for you, love, that I can help bring out the best in you? 
that kind of love. Now here's Joseph. <clears throat> we heard in one of the other Gospels, of course, how Joseph had to make this trip with a beautiful pregnant young woman down to Bethlehem. All those songs about Bethlehem, beautiful songs. Find a place in the inn. He didn't give up. Found a place in a stable. A few days later or a week or two later, <clears throat> he was inspired. Angels at work in his life. He was inspired and took the child to Egypt, probably. Alexandria. Lots of Jewish people in Alexandria. It's a, it was a place of learning. And so he was there. He was, among, he was with community. Wasn't all alone. And it was time. Herod was gone. Boom. Back home to Nazareth. The same kind of words we read right here. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him, and indeed upon the whole family. <clears throat> they had gone from the, <clears throat> the temple the house of God, back to their home of God, back to the domestic church, from the big church back to the domestic church, where the style of the love of God and the love of each other would only continue A family, and a Jewish family, had all kinds of prayer customs. There would be prayers in the morning. There's prayers for a journey. There's prayers for a journey as you walked up the hill to the temple in Jerusalem. <clears throat> Men would be singing with the strength of their lungs, side by side with other men and, and with their families. Robust. Robust love of God. Robust love of each other. Ready to defend. A lot of defense going on right now in this Holy Land. Joseph was, <clears throat> seemed to be a, a real man of strength. A little older, a little easier to be brave, I suppose, when you're a little older. By noontime, they had broken their fast. That's where the word breakfast comes from, breaking fast. Breaking the fast that starts in the evening after the evening meal <clears throat> comes through the night. <clears throat> they would finally finish a prayer and they would break a fast sometime in the later morning and get on with work, hard work, good work. 
and be rewarded with a wonderful <clears throat> meal in which the family gathered together with a prayer at night, enjoying one another's company, finding out what went on, good and evil or good and difficult during the day. Rich, rich time for, for every family. <clears throat> I know in our, in our own family, <clears throat> you know, mo most deacons are married, and of course I was married for 50 years. That was wonderful. <clears throat> and um, uh, we would um, often do the prayer, or we would take turns around the table so that everybody had a, a prayer prepared or ready, at the ready, uh, for the evening meal. <clears throat> and there was no, well, I'm hungry now, so I'm going to fill up on seven cookies and I don't need to come to dinner. No way, Jose. <laughs> no way that ever happened. <clears throat> Fine, you could have a couple of cookies. Yeah, mom had something there. You know, a star. Corn chips. Okay. But it was not anywhere near what the meal would be. So everybody was to be at the meal. Of course, when Pop Warner football's going on and a few other things, well, somebody might miss occasionally. Um, but it was for a substantial reason. Because this was the habit, the prayerful habit of the family, to gather and to see what's going on in everybody's lives. And here, the, <clears throat> the mom, uh, with all these gifts that a mother brings to family life, she can just see that funny glassy look in the child's eyes or a little frown across the forehead. Guys, with, with what they bring to the table, they still don't get it at that level of sensitivity and caring. They, they just can't quite get there. Maybe by the end of their life. They're a little closer. But they don't need it because they've got a partnership. They've got a partnership here. So the woman is the heart of the home. And the dad is the spiritual leader of the home. He's at other times, in the Holy Family's times, there would be other times they would, they would know scripture. These boys had to know scripture because by golly, by the time they were 13, they had to sit in a classroom and prove they could read some of the important lines of scripture in the language that they were written in Hebrew. So they had to be ready. And dad had to help them. Because when they had this sort of testing moment at about the age of 13, there would be... 12 men sitting there to see if this guy is going to be able to make it as a budding adult. Look him right in the eye. Can you make it as a lover of God and a lover of, of your fellow countrymen and fellow people and fellow family members? Robust. We hear today that what's coming across phones and internet and 
news programs is the man should be sort of mm, less necessary. Oh yeah, what kind of a world does that produce? What kind of a family does that produce? What is the, the big attempt to limit family life and limit children life? That is necessary uh, in some economic philosophies. And you got a lot of international people loving that other kind of philosophy. So it's logical to them to limit a man's con concerning strength and limit a love for children. And of course, Catholics, we cannot, we can see through that. We can see way past that because we have a richer source of truth and the value of each human person, the dignity of each human life. We see past that, that stuff. It comes at us, phones and TV, books, magazines. I saw a recent magazine from my alma mater. It had, you know, just a few, it had about 40 tremendous women and about five guys sort of scattered through the book. <laughs> They're sort of drinking the Kool-Aid, that international economic Kool-Aid. But uh, <clears throat> other magazines, tremendous. Tremendous regard for the importance and the strength of men. Women love strong men, strong, caring men. They're on the alert for them. And they hold out for them as young women because they know their importance. And they know what kind of a life they have. They'll be very vulnerable. They're going to have a child. They're going to be very vulnerable. They're not going to be working for a while. All that sort of thing. Very needy. The way God planned it. The beauty of the family. God knows how to build, build us up in wonderful, healthy families, just as this holy family has shown us today. They fulfilled the scripture, what they saw in scripture, they fulfilled. They returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, to their own home. I remember hearing the story a few years ago. If you might remember, some 20 years ago or so, there, was, uh, there had been some beautiful marches, uh, Martin Luther King's tremendous march to Washington. And I don't know, some 10, 12 years later, there were some football coaches that put together 
what they called the Million Man's Million Man March. They're going to march on the big ellipse outside of of uh, big where the big lake is and the green grass and Washington Monument at the end and uh, same place Martin Luther was at did his beautiful talk having a dream about all people working beautifully together. <clears throat> and there was a lot of, there was a few groups that didn't like this idea of, you know, emphasizing something that men would appreciate and grow from. And I remember there was a, somebody interviewing group interviewing a group of men coming and trying to kind of get to them a little bit. Well, what are you going to do when you go home now, you know? You're going to boss people around or something like, you know, or are you just going to ignore the needs again? And it was a beautiful comeback. They had been at a really formational time at this Million Men's March talk. And you know what was said to the interviewer with the mic? We're going to go home and apologize to our wives. That we haven't been all that we needed to be. It was a great moment. <clears throat> the great moment in this gospel, when they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, <clears throat> they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, to their home, to the domestic church, which was alive with the presence of the Lord Jesus and Mary and Joseph. 